Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo. Welcome, Rob. Uh, good to be here, brother. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 49 through 53. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in that we're able to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your, your love, your mercy. Thank you for choosing us and delighting us and, and desiring in us. Um, thank you, God, for your word and for the times that we try to figure life out on our own. Just guide us back, please, Lord. Guide us always back to your word each and every day so we can be nourished and fed by your word. And, and then, like David said in the introduction, that we could live the word each and every day. So, dear Lord, we're just entrusting this time to you. We're dedicating and consecrating this time set aside for you. Lord, please bless us abundantly so we can be abundant blessings to others. And for all those who are listening, please bless them and their family members and draw us all closer to you. Wherever we are, Lord, in our journey, draw us closer to you today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Father, Father, the Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And once again, we're going to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 49 through 53. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already ablaze. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think I have come to establish peace on earth? (laughs) No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two, two against three. A father will be divided against his son, and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter, and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I thought Jesus' prayer was for unity in John 17. (laughs) Yes, how do we we figure that one out? How do we reconcile those two two readings? Any any thoughts on that? You know, Jesus' ultimate goal is the fulfillment of the prayer of John 17, that, that we may be one, all of us, But you know, when we say our yes to the Lord and that fire of his love transforms us into the image and likeness of Christ, it's a continual burning of God's love within us that that burns away that, when they put it in 1 Corinthians, the wood, the hay, the stubble, and purifies the gold and silver which is within us, we become more Christ-like in the world. Well, sometimes when that happens, there's others that are in our family. They can't take the light. They can't take the truth. And it actually causes a division. And actually, you can be mocked or you can be made fun of. So, man, for me, when, when it says about, I've come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already ablaze, that blaze is a blaze in the fire of God's love. So it's only through that fire that the church will be one. 
that the world will come to know that Jesus, the Son of God, became man, gave his life for our salvation, and that there is a heaven and eternity that we're all destined to. We just need to say our yes. We need to leave that, let that fire of God's love consume us, inflame us, so that from the workplace, the boardroom to the bedroom, that when we're out in the world, we take that light of Christ with us. It's seen in our every word, our every action, so that we become invitations to the eternal banquet with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, continue to do the work with me every day. Set my heart ablaze. Purify in me anything that's of your precious Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please perfect it and purge from me anything that is not of him. That's my daily prayer, that I can be that vessel of his unconditional love in this world, a light that leads to you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And as you're sharing, David, I just wrote, uh, fire can burn, hurt, and destroy, or fire can comfort and warm. And, uh, and sometimes God uses un, uh, you know, things unexpectedly to protect us from when our fire is turning into something that can, can hurt somebody else. And I'll, sh- I'll just share a story of what I'm referring to. So uh, there's a couple of family members that are, are reading the word for the first time. Born and raised Catholic, loyal to going to mass. And they're just really personally reading God's word for the first time. And, and, uh, and their hearts are, are burning, but, but it's, it's causing a lot of questions. Uh, the person that encouraged them to read the Bible uh, also encouraged them on a, on a daily Bible in a year uh, commentary. And the commentary is, uh, is not from a Catholic worldview. So they're questioning a lot of, uh, of, of things from that. And, and they're starting, they were asking questions and, uh, I went over to their house just expecting just to drop off some vegetables and leave. And I had my, our dog in the car, you know, we just started talking and you know, one thing led to the other and the conversation ensued and questions were asked. And, and I was like, I got my dog in the, in the car. I like, well, you know, bring him in the backyard. So I did. And then we went from the backyard to the house. And then the, you know, the conversation really started to heat up and I found myself getting, getting a little defensive. And, uh, and at the point where I was. I was getting a little, you know, getting a little antsy. The dog really had to go to the bathroom and was pulling at me. I was holding the dog on my leash. You know, they were, they're not really dog people. So I was holding the dog on the leash and then he's really like struggling, wanting to get out. And I listened at first. I was just, I kept like saying, stop, heal, whatever. But that was the Lord saying, get out for now. Yep. So I went out in the backyard and uh, was walking him around and I was just praying, Lord. Sorry, I'm getting a little defensive in there. I need your, I need your help. So, and I asked the Blessed Mother to intercede because some of the questions were, were in reference to the Blessed Mother in a way that was like, like I was like getting my back up about you know about mom, you know, and uh, and I was asking her to pray for me. So I came in and I apologized, I said, guys. I, I just need to apologize. I'm sorry for um, you know reacting and getting defensive. It's awesome that you're reading the Bible. It's wonderful. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to continue the conversation, let, you know, let, let's, let's talk and ask questions. And, uh, but I said it's just important to know who your teachers are. And when you're, when you're putting yourself in the position as student, 
the teacher is going to teach from their perspective, their worldview. And uh, you know, the one person was a very highly educated, amazing student, witnessed this person going through school. And I just asked a question because they were like saying, well, how, come I, uh, uh, how come we never read the Bible? And I said, well, in your academic pursuits, if you just went to class and you went to class, every, you never missed a class. You, you went to every single class, but the only thing you did was go to class. If that's the only thing you did, you never read outside of class, you never studied your notes, you never got together in, in, in work groups or study groups to, to you know, try to you know, dig into the, the content at all. If the only thing you did in your entire academic career was go to, go to class, how would, how, would you have, how would you have done compared to how you, you did? And this person said, not good, because most of what I learned was, was on my own, studying and reviewing and, and getting in groups. And I said, awesome. So in my life, most, the only thing I ever did for 33 years was go to church, go to mass. That's the only thing I ever did until I was 33 years old. And it wasn't until through God's grace and someone's invitation that I started reading his word on my own, like you are. And it was like on fire. God, you know, that was my first real encounter with God was through his word, but it was outside of mass. So if the only thing I ever did, if, if, if I just continued to go to mass and mass alone, that's it. I had no prayer life, didn't serve, didn't you know, read any other spiritual books. I would not have a relationship with God. I can guarantee that. So I don't think we can blame the church because this person was trying to blame the church. Like, how come the church isn't you know, making us read the Bible or however she phrased it? I said, I don't think we can blame the church for something that is really on us. Like, there's a treasure chest of Catholic evangelists and Catholic Bible scholars and teachers and but it's up to us to open that treasure chest and take the time outside of mass to grow in our faith. So, um, so God, you know, when we talk about fire, like my fire was getting, I was getting to the point where I was like potentially hurting or burning. And then through God's grace, he pulled me back through literally pulling, <laughs> pulling me out of the conversation with the dog and then re-entering with an apology. And, and we were there for like two, three hours. And they were just asking some very simple questions like, you know, how come we're taught that we can earn our salvation? I was like, well, if anybody ever taught that, that they're wrong. They're wrong. And if the Catholic Church taught that, I wouldn't want to be Catholic either. So we have to go to the church's teachings, not someone representing the church. Uh, and I said, there's something in James that you know, says faith without works is dead. So it's both. It's not an either or. It's a both end. We need to have faith and work. So it was good. It ended up being a good conversation, and, and hopefully we'll be able to continue it. Oh, yeah, so just wanted to share that. You know, when I read the second sentence, and this is Jesus speaking, there is a baptism with which I must be baptized. And how great is my anguish, not that he has to do it, but until it's accomplished. Can you understand that the, the Lord's heart ached to go to the cross? Why? Is he crazy? No, because the Lord loves each and every one of us as his precious sons and daughters, as his precious brothers and sisters, as his beloved, his bride, that ache of his human heart, his divine, his divinity was for the salvation of every human soul. And he knew that it could not, 
it was impossible to accomplish without paying the ultimate price of love, the gift of his very life for each of us. Lord, help me to grow with that ache of my heart that every day when I go out into the workplace, out into the community, you know, into my family, that I burn with the fire of your love for what? The salvation of the souls of my family members, people that wound me, people that abuse me. I need to have that desire and actually ache for being used as an instrument each day for the salvation of souls. Man, that's the abundant life when you realize that God wants to use you in his plan for the salvation of souls. Lord, I'm all in. I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to be hot, burning hot fire of your love in the world. Amen. Amen. And that fire is contagious. And yeah, we experienced in our family recently where we had two different experiences within two days of each other. And, uh, and, and one was uh, not the greatest experience. And one was a phenomenal experience. And, and then as Catholics, our mass is the greatest gift. It's, it's a prayer. We're not, we don't go there to be entertained. Uh, for many years, I would sit in judgment of the homily, the music, because that's all I was, I didn't know any better. But once Jesus opened my eyes to the reality of the Eucharist, you know, that, that's why I'm there. But, but I think we have a responsibility to bring our A game, you know, the best, bring the best to the best as we can to music in our, in our preaching and our hospitality as lay people and our prayers and our singing along, uh, you know, so we need to bring our A game. So we had two experiences where, you know, one was, there was like really no fire and it, uh, and it caused, you know, one of my kids who was like really just hanging on by a thread as it relates to his faith and mass. And it, it did not help at all, that experience or lack of experience. And then my other son and I had an experience where a couple of days later, there was uh, an exhibit that was opened up on Eucharistic miracles that was produced by Blessed Carlo Acutis. He died when he was 15 years old. He created a website uh, highlighting all the Eucharist or many of the Eucharistic miracles around the world. And this one retreat center, Malvern Retreat House, opened up a permanent exhibit and they invited all these amazing young men and women there, and then people that work with young men and women. So we got invited because we you know, we serve serve the young, uh, young young people, and it was just great. This priest was on fire, the one that led, and then there's four or five other young priests there, and it was like it was tangible. Like you can feel the fire of God's love. And my son, who who I took, agreed to come. He wasn't really putting up a fight, but he did have plans later. And he said, well, dad, can we just leave? Better leave by eight. And the way the agenda lined up, it looked like we'd, you know, we'd be able to do that or maybe need to leave a little early. And, uh, and I say, yeah, absolutely. So we get there and it just started and the fire was, was, was real. We can feel it. The love, the joy, the peace, uh, you know, the homily at mass was unlike anything I've experienced in a long time or my son experienced. And it got to the point where it was like a 45 minute homily, but it was like, it was two minutes. We wanted 45 minutes more. It was so powerful. And after the homily, it was eight 15 and we agreed to leave by eight. And this was during the week. It was a weekday mass. And, uh, and I called my son over and I said, it's eight 15. 
said, we can leave by eight. Said, Do you want to go? And he said, no, I want to receive communion. And the whole focus of the homily was about Jesus and the real presence in the Eucharist. And this priest spoke about Eucharistic miracles that he experienced. And my son wanted to stay, and we stayed. Not only did he stay for the entirety of Mass, and then he helped uh, with distributing. They did, uh, did a blessing over salt and water, and he helped distribute that. And then we stood in line to be prayed over, and this was all his choice mm. because he had an encounter with the living God through the preaching first, the preaching of, of the Word. And then he wanted to stay to receive the Eucharist. And then he wanted to stay to be prayed over and to serve. It was incredible. We didn't leave till quarter to 10. He wanted to leave at eight going into it. So we just don't know. And when people, when people go into something and they're there, we just might assume that they want to be there and they're all good. But like he was going, but he was looking for his exit. But the fire, the passion, the zeal, the joy, the love, Everything that he that he felt, that he encountered, he encountered God through that. He stayed. He stayed. Uh, it's incredible. And I just really thanked him for coming, and and I just exhorted him that this was your decision. Right? I invited you, and you didn't put up a fight. That was awesome. So it started there, but you had a moment where you, as an adult, you just turned sixteen, as a young adult, you had a decision. I, I are you ready to go? You could have absolutely said, yes, let's go. But he chose to stay. I said, you chose to stay. This was your decision. You made that decision for Christ. This might be your first decision that you can think of that you made for him. That's awesome. I just want to celebrate that. So, but it started with the fire. It started with fire. This priest and everybody involved in that, putting that on was on fire with the love of, of, of the Lord. You know, that's amazing. It reminded me of a, of a God story I had with my mother. So my mother, when she was 11, came home to find her father had taken his own life and she found him Christmas Eve. And it really affected her. She was told never to speak about it. And she carried that her whole life. When my mother was in the final stages of her passing the last two weeks of her life, I would always go into her and visit with her and she'd have bitterness and she'd have anger and she'd have things within her. But one day she looked at me and she said, David, I want what you have. You see, my mother experienced the light within me, and she wanted that light. And I said, oh, dear mother, you can have this. So I sat down aside of her on her bed and held her hand. I said, pray this prayer along with me. Oh, she said, David, pray it slowly. I don't want to miss a word. I said, no problem, mother. I'll pray it slowly. So we prayed this beautiful prayer and invited Jesus into each and every one of her wounds to heal those wounds. To, to take away the anger, the bitterness, just everything that she carried, mostly all of her life. At the end of the prayer, she said, David, I don't think I'll sleep at all tonight. I said, don't worry, mother, I'll stay here with you. Well, about 1230 at night, I woke up, I was still holding her hand. She was snoring. I woke up, and so I went home. But you know, the nurses told me those last two weeks of my mother's life, and I noticed it when I would go visit her daily. She was at peace. She had joy. It was beautiful. I didn't go in there and make her do anything. But what was I? An invitation. An invitation to the abundant life. An invitation to the relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, ladies and gentlemen, 
Jesus didn't come to establish peace on earth. Because love, love is love is absolutely a statement right from the, the pit of hell. It's not a truth. God is love. A love that the human mind cannot grasp. That Jesus, who was God, chose to come to this earth, unite himself with, the huma- with humanity, and give his life in place of us for the salvation of our souls. So ladies and gentlemen, when you say your yes, be all in. Be lights in the world, in the workplace, in the home, everywhere. Because you are to be that invitation to the eternal banquet, that instrument that God wants to use for the salvation of souls. Don't miss it. I know for me, I got a couple heavenly kisses this week. I met a man I hadn't met at the workplace at our company. And he said, do you know why I came to work for your company? I said, no, I really don't. He lives in Oklahoma. He said, I came because of you. He said, I was in retirement and I learned about DAS. And then I looked at your core values, God honoring. And then I learned about your mission to make a difference in the lives of children around the world through Brittany's Hope. And the Lord said, I want you to work for David Abel. And the man said, I knew I had to say my yes and come out of retirement. And this man has been such a gift for our company in what he's doing in e-commerce and everything. But he has such a joy about him. This is the first time I met him was this week. He said, that's why I came to work for your company. And I had a meeting with three other young ladies that are head of a division of our company. And we were sitting in the meeting with our team. And they said, I came to work for this company because of your core values. And the other girl said, so did I. And the other girl said, I couldn't wait to come to work for this Christian company. You see core or core values? Core means heart. The heart of our company is all about a purpose, not just a paycheck. It's all about How can we make a positive difference in the world? Light and darkness cannot exist together. Sometimes when we're the light in the world and we walk over to people, we're near people, the darkness within them doesn't want to be near you and they may leave us. That's fine. And that gives us an opportunity to pray for them. So take your light out into the world. You're called by Christ to be him in the world. His hands, his feet, his mind, his heart. That calling is unprecedented. Don't miss the opportunities. And, and can we be can we be recycling machines? Uh, you know, where the against, as, as you're sharing about, you know, we're reading against. I was just praying that hopefully, Lord or Lord, help me to not be the one initiating the against. That if I you know, if I if I receive anger or bitterness, whatever, can you just recycle that in me and then have it return with love and joy and hope that we're not initiating the being against, but maybe it's our son against us or, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. Like that it's, if someone's not following the Lord and they're against our, our walk or against the Lord, you know, that's on them. But if we join in and we're, we're initiating the against, Sure, that's. Yeah, I think we're. So I wrote down as you were sharing, no compromise. What does it mean? Well, number one, we're called to love everyone, especially the sinner. That's who Jesus came for. So for me, we're called to love everybody, but not love the sin. Mm-hmm. So we need to look past the sin to love the precious son and the precious daughter that God formed in the womb of their mother, that God put the seed of faith in their heart. We're called to love them because. Scripture tells us love conquers all. Now, 
in doing that with no compromise. Love is not love in that everything goes. No, we can't compromise God's word, God's truth. We need to stand firm on those truths, but yet love that person. We can't do that in our human capacity. But when we call on the Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, to lead us, we will be amazed how God will give us the words at the right time, what to say and what to do, and challenge that person through love to come into that relationship, to walk out of the darkness. Jesus is truth. He is love. We can't, can't separate truth and love. And, uh, grace. I need, I need God's grace because sometimes I can come off uh, you know, a little, with the hammer uh, of truth and they don't feel the love. But it's, uh, you know, without God's grace, we can't do any of this. You know, no compromise, but the person leaving the conversation feeling loved, and that's, that's all God. You know, and that's so important, Rob, because we are broken human beings. When we cry out to the Lord, he entrusts us with the sword of truth. The sword of truth is the word of God. It's meant to pierce through bone and marrow and pierce the heart. What a lot of times we do is like my boy Peter did. We take that sword of truth, <laughs> we whack off an ear. Yeah. And the Lord's like, oh, now i got to fix the ear. Come on. <laughs> well, the sword of truth, the word of God, is what we always respond with. It's a word of love. It's Love can be tough love. But that word of God is what pierces the heart and doesn't come back void. When I give them my opinions, they're just opinions. But when I speak the word of God, it's God who's piercing their heart. God bless each and every one of you. Let's get out there and be lights in this world. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Lyle with ProLifeDoc.org, and I cannot wait to meet everybody at this year's Stewardship Conference. We are going to give you new tools that you can use to defend God's pre-born within the womb, because patients have rights, no matter how small. And we're going to show you how we now perform 
open heart surgery to babies in the womb, spina bifida corrective surgery, laser vascular surgery, and even life-saving blood transfusions to babies as early as 18 weeks gestation. A patient is a person no matter how small. We are engaged in the greatest moral and spiritual battle of our lives. And yes, we can win and we will defend God's preborn who were created in the image of God at the moment of conception. So I can't wait to join you at this year's Stewardship Conference. God bless you all and I will see you there. For tickets and information, please visit stewardshipconference.org or call us at 717-367-0100, that's stewardshipconference.org, or 717-367-0100.